With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to a weekly podcast made by Miami Dolphin fans for Miami Dolphin fans. Your source for entertaining Dolphin news, insight, and general conversation. Here's your host, Michael Fink. Hey everyone, this is Mike. Uh, the Fin Fans Podcast is part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. All right, so this week we're going to talk about the Buffalo Bills. I'm here with Jim Johnson. Hello, everybody. And Louis Argoni. Hello, Dolphins. Hey, guys. What's up, Michael? What haven't do you got? Se- haven't talked to you in so long, Louis. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a couple days, huh? N- nice to have you back, Jim. Yeah, good to be here. We had a big announcement today, right? We did. We did. The uh, coach decided he made a mistake. He's going to uh, start Fitzpatrick uh, in Buffalo on Sunday. Why do you think that might be, Lewis? Uh, it's obvious. Uh, he played a lot better this past game, and Rosen really hasn't shown us much over his stint here in regard to this past start and the starts prior to that. So your best chance of winning a football game, and this throws the theory in, you know, that a lot of our Dolphin fans have in regard to tanking the season. Uh, he, you know, Fitzpatrick's going to give us the best chance of winning a football game week in and week You're out. You're telling I mean, me the coach is trying to win? Yeah, I, that's what I'm telling you. Wow. Re, you know, contrary to what people believe. Yeah, so many people don't think so. It's funny. They, th- they think he called that two-point play so they could fail it. <laughs> yeah, that was that design-failed play that yes, they've been working yes. on for a long time. Right. <laughs> they designed it to fail in practice. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's funny. And, so, I mean, and they sold the whole team on that to boot. Can you yeah, believe that? Uh-huh. Yeah. Guys, uh-huh. you got Drake, you got to drop the ball. Yeah. Put, right. that, put that on film. Please, Patrick, throw it yep. behind them. After you, after you got us back in the game, when it's all said and done, I want you to just throw it at the end. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I just wish people understood how ridiculous they sound. But anyway, we're yes. not here to talk about that. We're no. here to talk about the team. And uh, uh, so they made that announcement today. Now, Jim, do you think it's going to help them? Uh, help is probably a good word. It will help, I believe. Uh, I think Fitzpatrick will be able to handle some of the failures of the offensive line coming from Jerry Hughes and company from the Bills. So I feel it will be better. So it will probably help. You know, Rosen just uh, has become the captain checkdown. And, you know, I think Fitzpatrick does give you the best opportunity to try to point put points on the board. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure he's going to put many of them on the board. I'd be surprised if he does, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah, uh, well, I said the best opportunity. I didn't I didn't say that he was actually going to get it done. Yeah, no, I I mean, look, he, he proved himself, I think, you know, in, in, in the fourth quarter uh, last Sunday. Uh, if he's given an opportunity and if it happens to be one of the days when he's got the mojo going, he can play. 
Uh, but there's other days, like you know, when he when he started up in Baltimore, where he, you know we, where he was awful. Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah. Well, go ahead, Mike. No, I was just gonna say, you know, so it depends which which Fitzpatrick you get on what particular day. But when he's right, he's he's right. He can play. Yeah, going against Buffalo, I think they've done him an incredible injustice throwing him in there on this given week because I don't care. You know who we had in there. You know behind our offensive line, it, is it going to be better? As to what Jim said, yeah, it'll probably be better, but it's not going to be overly successful, even with Fitzpatrick in. That's that's my opinion. That's my opinion. Uh, uh, they they have an extremely good defense, and with our offensive line and the struggles we've had, the injuries we've had, I don't know what the situation is going to be with our starting center, which is going to add even a, a bigger issue to the to the equation. Uh, you know, it's it's going to be tough, and they're throwing him in there after sitting the last couple of weeks. You know, in a situation where you know he's probably not going to be overly successful but you know we have a better chance of winning with him at quarterback in this game and going forward from this game I just think this is really a rough spot to throw him back into the mix and it would have been rougher on Rosen but you know I think the fans are like okay you know great we got this you know people that are uh, positive and you know excited about the fact that Fitzpatrick is starting I am as well but being realistic about the situation, it's still going to be a tough task regardless. So what you're trying to say is you think that uh, it would be better for the 23-year-old body than the 36-year-old body? <laughs> yeah, you can, you know, that's funny. Um, you know, I, it, that depends because Rosen's kind of a sitting duck there. Fitzpatrick has a way of avoiding contact, or at least he, he attempts to. Um, you know, getting back to your point earlier in regard to his checkdowns, um, you know, I wish he did check down a little bit more, Jim, especially in this last game, because to me, it just seemed like he was, you know, just getting set on one receiver, locking in on one receiver. And, you know, if he wasn't there, then, you know, he was either getting sacked or, you know, the ball was going incomplete or he was throwing in the coverage. So, you know, if you, if you watched, and I know you did, the fourth quarter of this past game, Fitzpatrick checked down a lot to his, you know, his running backs in the, in the flats, and we were getting positive yardage over and over again. So, you know, I mean, it, it, that's one of the issues I had with Rosen uh, among many. So, you know, we'll see. You know, hopefully Fitzpatrick can, you know, uh, approach it a little bit differently and you know keep us okay, in the game but- at least. Roll with that. If if you're Fitzpatrick, how are you? How are you approaching it different? Well, you're doing exactly what I just said. You're ch- you're, you're throwing check- your checkdowns. You're throwing. That, you're not going to win the game that way. You know that that may help you move the ball a little bit, but obviously, if you keep going to it, they're going to get wise to it and adjust. So, what else are you going to be doing? Well, Mike, that that's that's part of being a quarterback. If your guys aren't open downfield, you got to look for something else that at least is going to be somewhat positive. Agreed. And I d- just didn't see that in Rosen. I saw him locking in on receivers and either taking a sack or throwing the ball in the coverage and not being overly productive. The scores prove that. His statistics prove that. Um, you know, and you just got to hope that Fitzpatrick quarterbacks the game differently. Challenges you know, play, you know, guys down the field and doesn't throw in the double coverage as Rosen did a couple of times in the game. So I think you're going to see, you know, a, a just a better quarterback 
a, a quarterback that understands what the defense is trying to do against him, and in that sense will be a little bit more successful. But when you're shorthanded on talent, you know, you go right back to square one. You follow what I'm saying? Absolutely. You know, when you don't have an offensive line that's capable of blocking the guys in front of him, there's only so much he's going to be able to do. Now, is he going to be able to do more than Rosen? Yes, I truly believe well, this, that. I believe this is a much better line than what Washington feels. You oh, think? What, you without think? a quit. Without a question of a doubt. Absolutely. Without a question of a doubt. All right, so let's talk about the other side of the ball. Yeah, it's, you know, as the defense as a whole, you know, they played a fairly solid game against Washington. And, you know, obviously Washington isn't a a top-rated offense by any means. Uh, They're barely ahead of us statistic-wise. But, you know, going against Allen and the Buffalo Bills, it's going to be a lot bigger test than what we just went through. Now, you know, we've been playing solid, but, you know, we're going to have to contend with Frank Gore. Uh, He's probably going to have some success against us running the football. We're going to have to try to slow that run best we can because if they have much success running the ball, they're going to start to light us up through the air. And uh, Allen can run as well as well as chuck that ball down the field. So we talk about this all the time is guys have to win their one-on-one matchups. And we haven't seen a lot of that. Uh, Baker has been uh, less than expected in the middle of the defense. uh, And that leaves a big portion of the field, you know, as a problem. Uh, Raekwon McMillan has been strong in his new position, kind of on the outside linebacker position. You know, Eric Rowe has been a liability. So you're going to have to shade a safety on his side. You know, I don't like our chances in this game. I mean, I don't think we're going to get blown out horribly, but I feel where with our issues with lack of, of a pass rush, our secondary is going to be exposed again, and now we're going to have to have a body watching the quarterback for those running plays. I don't like the setup. It's it's not a it's not a matchup. I I feel good about at all. Yeah, that I agree with you. Um, I think that our defense will probably match up a little bit better against their offense than the other way around. We already talked about our offensive line and the issues and how good Buffalo's defense is. But if you look at Buffalo's offense and what they have done over the course of the year, I know they're in the top third in regard to total offense. They're ranked 10th. So uh, they're they're not a bad team offensively, but, um, you know, their receivers, John Brown's very solid. Past him, they've got uh, a young guy named Duke Williams who's playing. Um, Zay Jones, who killed us last year, has, is kind of like riding the bench. He's like their third receiver right now. Uh, actually, they're fourth because they have a really good slot receiver in Cole Beasley. Um, their, runnings, their, their running game is the key. Uh, Frank Gore, Singletary. They're both, if Singletary plays, and I think he is this week, he's a very good young player. And then, of course, you mentioned Josh Allen, who, you know, created havoc for us last year in both games. We were not able to keep him in the pocket, and we allowed him to run all over us. So, uh, you know, that that's a problem right there. If you get them in the third and fives, third and sixes, he likes to just take the ball and run with it. And, you know, without a pass rush, you know, it, it, it's going to be kind of a tough situation for us. Um, but again, I think we match up better. Our defense will match up better against them, you know, especially if Howard plays this week. Now, do we even know if Howard's back this week or not? Have they even said anything in regard to, you know, an update on him? I haven't seen that he is. 
Right. If yeah, he's, I haven't I haven't heard anything that he's going is or isn't going to play. Well, if he doesn't, you know that that's a major major loss because then you've got to deal with John Brown, and he is a very very fast receiver who will give us problems. I mean, that kid last week with Washington just killed us, and um, John Brown will do much of the same. So we got to hope that Howard plays, and if he does, then obviously that's a major, major boost to our defense. If he doesn't, then, then we're going to probably struggle on both sides of the football. Well, Nick, Nick Needham had a pretty good game last week. Maybe he'll uh, start to get with the program. Yeah, he did. He had a very, very good game. Um, and Ken know, Webster's been playing well, too. Listen, the, yeah, the secondary as a whole, I thought, did a pretty decent job. But when they get receivers isolated on our corners, and it happened a few times with McLaren last week, he only had like four or five catches, but they were major they catches. Were catches. They were right. big, big catches. And yeah. and John Brown is the same type of receiver. I mean, he's not the type of guy that's going to catch 10 balls in a game, but the four or five that he does catch are downfield for 20, 30 yards. And and they're backbreakers in a game. So, you know, Beasley's a guy that just, you know, uh, you know, first down after first down. You know, he's having a really, really good year for them. He was a good pickup for them. He's averaging, I think, 10 yards a catch. You know, he's got uh, like 27 or 30 catches, and he's been targeted a lot early. So, they, you know, he throws to him quite a bit. I'll tell you, if they're going to compete defensively, they're going to have to create turnovers. Yes, and yeah. – and, you know, Mike, we talked about this. You know, it's a pass rush. You know, it, yep. there's without a pass rush, it really makes it difficult for your well, secondary. You know, they, they've got to punch the ball out of Gore's arms or, or whatever it is they need to do, but they need to do something because they're going to have to give Fitzpatrick a couple of extra opportunities. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, what? You know, we keep harping on the pass rush. Uh, and we don't have to have sacks, like Flores has said, you know, but – you got to rush the quarterback. You got to make him change his mind and do different things. And, you know, that's when mistakes are made. Without that rush, you know, you expose your secondary and you expose your linebackers that are in coverage. It creates problems across the whole defense. Absolutely. Batted balls, you know, uh, rushing, you know, rushing the quarterback into making mistakes. All, all of those things. Uh, you know, you said it perfectly, Jim. I mean, yep. you don't necessarily have to get to him, but you have to be around him, and they have to smell you around him, or else, yeah. you know, it's going to be much of the same. I mean, you know, you go game to game, and, you know, we haven't had a game where, you know, our, our pass rush has been anywhere close to being even average. You know, I mean, it's it, it's been the same thing. Yeah. And we, we knew going in that, we were going to struggle. We knew our two biggest weaknesses were going to be our offensive line and and the defensive end positions. And it, yeah, it's, it's turned out that yeah, way. It's, exactly. It's exactly. exactly. I mean, we were we were hoping for something out of Harris, and you know, maybe with the new coaching staff, they you know they'd have him doing different things, and maybe it would you know fit to what he does better. And that just hasn't developed. So oh, he's, he's on the sideline serving Gatorade. Yeah, right. I was going to say that's is he any good at that? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we talk about the speed of the NFL game compared to the college game. And, you know, the average time before a quarterback gets rid of the ball is like two and a half seconds. And right. you watch the teams that are playing against our defense. They're standing back there for three and four seconds, sometimes longer. And it's just, you know, you're taking all of that rush away. 
the speed and the quickness, and you're giving that quarterback time to think and receivers time to get open, and that's just a bad deal. You've you've got to hurry that quarterback. Absolutely, and you know to to. To the point that you made earlier in regard to Needham, I think the secondary as a whole have really played very solidly since the first game. You haven't seen guys running up and down the field wide, wide open. On most of the pa- the big passing plays we've given up, it's where guys have just been beaten man to man. And, um, you know, they've been hit for nice-sized chunks of yardage. But overall... I've seen a lot of good play out of the secondary. So you got to be somewhat pleased with them, you know, considering there is no pass rush. You know, it's a team game. And on defense, you know, without a pass rush, there's only so much you can expect. You can only cover for so long, right? Yeah. Yeah. If we're going to get a pass rush, it's going to come from up the middle. I don't – you know, we we were hopeful, Mike, you know, that our our coaching staff was going to – they they knew we were going to be shorthanded in regard to talent and and individuals creating problems and all three of us talked about this uh, in regard to hoping the coaching staff would come up with schemes and and blitzes and and this type of thing to and maybe, we're still waiting for it aren't we it, it it hasn't developed and I think it has a lot to do with the personnel and just not being able to 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 do what they want to do and that's you know that's why you have well, to I, get up I think they envisioned Baker uh you know to be a guy who could get in off the edge and stuff like that and it, it just hasn't happened you know he's he's getting washed out and uh he's not winning his match matchups when he tries yeah, right. right but but it's it's not it's i think it's unfair to you know to just and uh, no i well, Char- f- charlton as well i mean they went and they picked him up to help and he has helped a little bit but he's certainly not a, a pass rushing force like we're used to from you know, like a guy like cameron wake or, or jason taylor right i i'm i'm referring more to schemes mike and and uh-huh. co- corner blitzes and maybe nickel you know the nickel guy or the dime guy that's in blitzing that type of thing is what i'm referring to because again i think that the individuals that we have on this team are good at certain things and maybe not the things that we were you know we were wanting them to do you can't well, we, we know that's uh, that's something that rashad jones can do he's done it before and done yes it well. yes and you know it goes across the board we were hoping that they would surprise teams you know sending blitzes from different areas different players doing different things and to Jim's point, as he said earlier, you know, we just haven't seen it up to this point. And I think it's because, you know, for one thing, we've been, you know, we've been uh, trailing in pretty much every single game for the most part. And I think that it puts us in situations to where we're not able to do some of the things we would like to do, you know, especially early on in games when, you know, the Baltimore game. I mean, what are you going to do at that point when you're down by, what, 20 points after the first eight minutes, nine minutes of the game? I mean, you know. Yeah, that was brutal. It takes you out of your game plan to an extent. So, I mean, you know. Yeah, it's it's no way to start the season. Let's put it that way. It's not. And, 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 you know, another point real quick, and then we'll move on, you know, to something else if you want to. 
they really were in games for half. So if if it's working, then why do anything differently? You know, you look at the Dallas game, you look at the game last week, and you look at the game prior to that, and they were in these games at halftime, even the New England game. That You know, the defense was keeping us in those football games. So if whatever they were doing was working to an extent, then why would you change it? You know, some of those games got away from us later on. So... You know, we'll see what develops as the, as the season develops. But um, I think all those issues have something to do with, with um, you know, the fact that we just haven't seen a lot of different um, defenses thrown at teams. Another thing that affects that pass rush and the, mm-hmm. ske- the scheme that you're talking about, uh, you know, we lost Van Ginkle, you know, so we haven't been able to plug him in and see what he can do either. And I think he was a role player that Flores was wanting to get out there and we haven't been able to do that yet. Yeah. He should be coming back in the next couple of weeks. I was yeah. going to say about uh, eight week eight or something. Well, you got to figure if they're bringing him back, it would be after uh, six weeks and then, you know, he needs a week or two to practice and whatever and get yeah. in the shape. And then I'm sure they'd put him in if he's able. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe in the second half of the season, yeah, you know, we, yeah. we see some productivity out of him, which would be awesome. All right. So, I mean, you guys don't have me feeling good here. I, I mean, I was hoping <laughs> we'd go into Buffalo and steal a win, but you're telling me it's not going to happen, aren't you? Well, Mike. I, I mean, think Lou is picking Buffalo. Uh, Jim, uh, and you're not? <laughs> <laughs> and is and Mike is not? I mean, Mike, oh, you know. Don't get what, me in the, uh, well, I mean, you're part of this. So, I mean, you know, your thoughts on it are probably right on par, I would assume. Do you have anything else? Uh, you no, know? I'm, I'm to let you give the bad news, okay? I, oh, okay. So you're making... I give enough bad news. <laughs> you're making me and Jim get the... Uh, you know, when they rate us at the end of the year in regard to who, who, their, right. fa- yeah, yeah, who yeah. their favorite is, me and yeah, Jim, are, yeah, I'm going to yeah. be way at the bottom. Jim will be in the middle, and you'll be right at the top getting, yeah, you know, yeah. getting high grades. <laughs> Popularity contest. I see I, what you're doing now, Mike. I got gotcha. you. I can't give the bad news all the time, guys. <laughs> yeah. Mike, yeah. if there's good news, I mean, we'll give it. And, you know, it, it, it's being realistic about the situation. Listen, I'm happy about Fitzpatrick starting this week because I think that it helps some of the other offensive guys, the Giuseckis of the world and Preston Williams, Devante, Albert Wilson in the slot, all of those guys, Drake and, and, and um, Walton. You know, it, it'll give them more opportunities in my eyes than what Rosen was giving us. Going three and out does not give you a lot of opportunities. It just nope. doesn't. No, it doesn't. You know, extend extend drives, get the ball into your offensive player's hands, and Fitzpatrick, I know, 110% is going to do a better job of that than what Rosen did. There's no well, question right. in my but mind. But if, you, if you're Buffalo's third-ranked defense, you want to come in and you want to punch Miami in the mouth. So Absolutely. I think you're going to be aggressive early. If you're Absolutely. Down. But, Mike, who do you – go ahead. Finish no, your thought. I mean, the idea is to take them out of their out of their game plan and and uh, make it difficult for Miami to move the ball initially, so you can jump out to a lead, just like you know some of these other teams have done, and uh, yep. you control the game. Absolutely, but un- in that, under those circumstances, obviously Fitzpatrick is the better player for that situation. You know, well, we compared to Rosen, I, th- I think we all agree. Uh, yes, and after watching Rosen for two and a half games. 
And, and the question from now becomes, you know, where do you, and I, and I like what he did, Mike. I mean, I know we talked about it um, a little bit at the beginning of the podcast, but I don't like the way he, the way we wound up here, but the fact that he's going back to Fitzpatrick, I do like it because I think that after the team and the fan base saw what Fitzpatrick did, it would be kind of difficult to sell them on putting Rosen back in. So now he's in a position where, okay, I'm bringing a guy in that ignited us. It's obvious that, you know, he played much better than the other quarterback that we've been starting. And, you know, it was a way of saying, hey, you know, we are trying to win football He's catering to the locker room, Lewis. He has to, Mike. You know, I don't think think he has a choice because, as we talked about on Monday, if, if I'm playing for the Dolphins and I'm one of the receivers on this team, if I'm Preston Williams... And I'm looking at this and saying, he's going back to Rosen? I mean, come on. you know. Well, I think Devontae Parker would be even more upset. Yeah. I mean, he, he's on a prove-it contract. Exactly. And he, can, he can't prove it with right. uh, Rosen and, you know, shitting the bed, so to right. speak. Right, and, and yeah. I, I was just using Preston as an example because he's right. the first guy that came to mind. It's collectively, Mike. Sure I mean, is. everybody on that offensive side of the football seemed ignited by him. He's, he's a very, very high-energy player. He's still intense at his age he brings the x factor he's fun he's fun fun. yeah he he slings the ball around he's gonna make his mistakes because that's what he does but he gives you a shot at being successful whereas rosen just hasn't shown anything regardless of garbage time early in games he's made a few plays and that's where it has ended yeah i mean after the Go ahead, Jim. There's a stat that just blows my mind. You know, Rosen averages like 2.4 yards per pass attempt. And you can't win games. You can't get first downs. You know, that that's just unacceptable. And he's barely completing, uh, you know, a little over 50% of his passes, even when he's not pressured. So, you know, these these numbers just aren't good enough. I know he's getting getting hammered and getting pressured a lot, but you've got to make some plays. And we just haven't seen that at all. So so let's let's put fits in. Hey guys, I wanted to break in here real quick just to ask a favor of you. On the app that you're listening on, uh, if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to the podcast. Hit like, leave a, a comment on your thoughts of the show. And uh, if you didn't know, we do, we do run a Facebook group. Uh, it's Miami Dolphins number one. That's hashtag one. We talk uh, Dolphins football 24-7, 365. We'd love to have you join us and share your thoughts. And uh, once again, we want to thank you for listening. Uh, Let's make it a habit. We'll see you next week. Earlier in the week, uh, I ran a a poll in in the group, and I asked, uh, who would you start this weekend? Would you start Rosen, or would you start Fitzpatrick? And uh, 66 of the 88 people that answered said they would start Rosen. Yeah, I couldn't couldn't really believe that myself, but... uh... I think that the the biggest issue they they want to see is they want to see if he's going to improve. They want to see if he can, you know, start reading defenses better, but I'm thinking they want to lose. Uh well, that <laughs> that could be, but I don't, you know, I mean, yeah. you know, this is a game that I would love to win to be honest with you because it'll give us a win and uh it's not really going to hurt our chances that much because I just you can't predict us going up into Buffalo and taking a win out of that stadium. I, I just don't. No, see so give that me happening. a score. Give me a score. 
I'm going to say it's going to be 34 to 17 in favor of the Bills. 31 14. Close to what Jim came up with. I think that uh, we're going to make a few mistakes. I mean, it's going to be a turnover game. And I think that Buffalo is going to win that battle. They're going to create some turnovers and it's going to, you know, it's going to, it's going to win the football game for them. I don't think they're going to do a ton offensively, but they're going to do enough. And the turnovers are going to be the big factor. Well, I guess I am going to give the bad news. I, I see it as being one of those games that uh, we don't like. I, I'm thinking like something like 27 to three Buffalo. You know, wow. I, ju- I just don't yeah. see Miami getting anything going. Yeah, I said 14 points, Mike, because I think that we will do a couple of things. I think that uh, they'll go in with a decent game plan, and uh, you know, Fitzpatrick will hit on a few plays here and there and it'll it'll create situations to where we can get in the end zone and you know in the end we're going to wind up getting beat by a, a good amount of points one way or another as far as i'm concerned regardless no, I, of I, I could see them getting a couple of touchdowns late but i think buffalo's going to run away with the game is what i'm saying yeah well know? i think they're I think me and Jim said the same thing. Yeah, but I'm think, talking like ugly. ugly. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah. you think it's going to be – oh, so you oh, – okay. Well, Buffalo's, so, Buffalo's going to control the line of scrimmage on, on, on both, both sides, sides of the, the ball. ball. Well, no question. It's going yeah. to be very difficult for Miami to, to execute anything that they really want to do. Buffalo's just going to squash it's, it. It's like likely. I it's like I said, Jim. You know, if if I'm Buffalo's defensive coordinator, I'm going into this game and I'm saying, all right, uh, we got the Wiley veteran in there. Let's make him regret it. Yep, absolutely. And absolutely. that's it. You know that that's my game plan. I'm gonna I'm gonna send the kitchen sink at him and really make him work for you, you know work to get going. And and you know the guy the receivers will drop the ball. Maybe we'll get an interception. I got a feeling it's gonna work our way if we do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I would probably do the same thing if Rosen was in there. To be honest with you, but oh, yeah. uh, probably even to a bigger degree. To Mike. a bigger degree, yes. yeah. Has any? You know, I don't have to disguise it. I can just do it if Rosen is in there. You exactly. Know, but, you exactly. know, with Fitz, you got to be a little more crafty than the way you uh, design your coverages and stuff. But the point to this is, I just don't see how Miami's going to compete with Buffalo at the line of scrimmage on either side of the ball, and that's my concern. And I think because of that, uh, it should allow Buffalo to run away with the game. Yeah, agreed. Uh, we all gave scores. None of us think it's going to be a fun game to watch. Uh, maybe we'll be wrong. Maybe they'll surprise us. We'll see. <laughs> now, I, I did something. Uh, I went and looked back. Um, of all the top quarterbacks that have been drafted number one since 1970, and uh, I'm going to go through this list real quick. Uh, you know, in 1970, you had Terry Bradshaw drafted. Uh, he ended up making the Hall of Fame, obviously, won a bunch of Super Bowls. Uh, in 71, you had Jim Plunkett drafted. Took Jim a while to get going, but once once he did, he he won a couple. In 73, uh, I'm sorry, 75, uh, Steve Bartkowski uh, was drafted. And uh, 83, uh, John Elway. Now, out of those quarterbacks, guys, uh, Bradshaw, Plunkett, Barkowski, and uh, Elway, would you want any of those guys if you were drafting first? Well, this is pretty easy kind of looking in the rearview mirror. Uh, I would say that that I would take Terry Bradshaw. But, you know, way back in 70, it was a completely different game. No, we know we know that. We know How that. you could not want to take Terry Bradshaw knowing what we know you know, so I would definitely think think of you know uh, you taking that player today, assuming you know he, he was 
of age to play, you know, is he a guy you'd want? Well, yeah, I would, I would still take Terry Bradshaw. I mean, granted he didn't, he didn't start right away. He did sit for three or four years, I believe, before he played, but that was pretty common back in the day. They wanted guys to absorb the game before they got put under the fire. Now you know, it, Bradshaw had that had that reputation of being dumb as a sponge, you know. Uh, oh yeah, he, he he did not have a good reputation when it came to uh, his ability to learn. Uh huh. But I, you know, I think some of that was fabricated. I don't know how true that was. I mean, he certainly uh, was a damn good quarterback uh, mm-hmm. for quite a few seasons. Yep, he made plays in in yeah. big in big games for them over and over. Uh, in regard to all four of those guys, Mike, I, they, they were all very, very good quarterbacks. Uh, Plunkett became a really, really good quarterback for Oakland. Uh, he made all the plays for them through playoffs and in Super Bowls. And Barkowski didn't have a great team around him, but his numbers were there year in and year out. Who was the fourth guy, Elway? Yep. I mean, yeah, Elway, Elway, I mean, you know, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's a no-brainer. He's the yeah. cream of that crop, yep. I would say. Yeah, yeah. Right. No, no doubt there. But, you know, Mike, in hindsight – uh-huh. You know, if you, if you look at where he was drafted first and we drafted Marino at, what, 23? I'd rather have Marino. I I have to, and a lot of people are going to disagree with the both of us, and I don't know what Jim's thoughts are, but uh, Marino early on, even though Elway was getting to Super Bowls, and yes, they, they were losing them, they weren't, they weren't winning them, but he was getting there, and Marino wasn't. Marino outshined him incredibly. Early on, and you Agreed. know, as their as their careers progressed, Elway always had a much better football team around him. I mean, very very good teams. Um, the Super Bowls that he won, that he had Terrell Davis, he had Ed McCaffrey, he had uh, Dave, what was his name, Davis, the receiver. They had great guys all the way around. Yeah, Marino, Marino never had a back comparable oh, to no. TD. By no means. You asked my thoughts on the Elway Marino thing, and as a lifelong Dolphin fan, I I can't put anybody really above Marino. Like you guys already touched on, Elway had a great running back and a great running game, uh, something that Marino never really had. And, uh, you know, Marino shattered all the records and and lifted the team all by himself. So, you know, in that that regard, I I always will put uh, Dan Marino ahead of him. All right, so I'm going to read you four more. Uh, okay. In 87, Testaverde was uh, taken. In 89, Aikman. Okay. Uh, in 90, Jeff George. And in 93, Drew Bledsoe. Hmm. Well, that's an interesting group. Testaverde, ugh, uh, he was solid, but as a number one, I would say he was somewhat of a disappointment through I his think so. complete career. Jeff George, the same. He yeah. had some really good years. I know when he went to Minnesota, he had a really solid year there, but somewhat of a disappointment. And who were the other two, Mike? Mike? Aikman. Aikman. And Jeff George. No, I mentioned I'm Jeff sorry. George already. Who was there? Was uh, Bledsoe. Bledsoe. Uh, Bledsoe was solid, but overall number one. I I don't know if I would be happy with him. Um, that's those are tough ones, Mike. They really are across they the board. Are. Aikman, Aikman was very very good. I mean, he had a really solid team around them. But you know what? You have to execute, and and he did. He you know he won Super Bowls. He had a lot of big throws. I know Michael Irvin and Alvin Harper were really good receivers, but you know he, you got to have somebody that can get him to him. And and he well, did, isn't so. that kind of the argument with uh, Tua? 
you know, everybody says, well, he's got such great players around him and that's their beef with him. But, you know, if you if you apply that logic to Aikman, you're saying, well, you know what? They, the, the quarterback is the engine. Exactly. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so, you know, the, but Aikman had the size and the arm strength where, you know, yes. that's kind of a knock on Tua. So. That is a knock on him. But, you know, Jim, if you look at Mahomes, he's not a big guy. Nope. You look at Russell Wilson, he's not a big guy. Baker Mayfield is not a big guy. Uh, so... The NFL is changing, and I think that the kid that came out this year is very small. Murray, what's his name? Murray, Murray? Kyle Murray. Kyler. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, I think that the NFL is changing their thought process in regard to size. I think it's always better to have a nice-sized quarterback back there. But, you know, the way the NFL's played now and, and, you know, the rule changes and everything that goes into it, I mean, these little guys running all over the place, you can't touch them. And, you know, yeah. if you can get to them, you can't touch them. So, Well, it stresses the out. It stretches the defense and stresses the defense. It, it, you know, you have to guard for that quarterback to take off, and that that puts less people in coverage. So it's a, it's a big advantage to these offenses that that have uh, an elusive quarterback. Absolutely. So you know, it's you know, Tua. I know is mentioned a lot on the Facebook page, and there's debates, and it's you know, Mike says it over and over again. I don't get on there and make a lot of comments because it takes me all of about two minutes before I start blowing a (laughs) blowing a gasket so to speak so you know Mike you know I credit him for being so patient with a lot of people but there's a lot of football left in our season in the college football season and exactly when it's all said and done it'll settle how it settles it'll settle how it settles and I'll tell you what I mean going into this draft there's a lot of talent and don't be shocked if they don't take a quarterback with that first pick. Um, maybe this, the second of their two first-rounders. They may do something completely different than what we're thinking because there's some edge guys that are really, really good. And The uh, next four here, Lewis, are Peyton Manning, Tim Couch, Michael Vick, and David Carr. And if Tim Couch is the guy you're drafting, you'd probably <laughs> prefer to get that edge rusher, wouldn't you? Yeah. That's we're not the gonna, whole thing. We don't yeah. want to talk about that, yeah. Exactly. It, it's listen. It's it's even if it, it's hit and miss, and um, it's hit and miss at every position. But if there is a guy that is just an absolute no brainer coming off the edge, that there that this guy's just going to dominate football, Lawrence Taylor type, uh, you know, a Khalil Mack type, then don't be shocked as a Dolphin fan if they decide to go that route. Because he's a game, you know, if there's a game changer there, then they may go that route. And maybe with their second pick in the first round, that's where they draft their quarterback. You know, what it's gonna be interesting. To say Peyton Manning least. was a game changer, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Peyton Manning was. Yes, he was. There's yeah. no question. Yeah. Uh, what about uh Vic and Carr? How do you feel about those guys? I don't even want to discuss Vic. Jim can talk about him. Carr, there's which car are we talking about? David. No, David there's Carr. Mike. There's is there any reason to even mention that guy other than the fact that he was drafted? Well, number he was one. drafted well, number one. That's it. That's right. part of this deal. Is we're trying to prove that you know yes. only half of these number one picks ever really have a successful career. So yep, or they have lukewarm careers. Well, they may yeah. not reach the heights people would expect. Yep. Uh, Carson Palmer, e- Eli Manning, Alex Smith, Jamarcus Russell. How about that group? Wow. 
Mm-mm-mm. It's mean, hard and- to hard to pass on on Eli Manning as well. Uh, you know, he's got Super Bowl wins and everything else, but he had great defensive teams. Well, he had and, a guy that caught the ball off yeah, the top of his helmet yeah, too. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> there was a lot. But of he be- avoided four guys behind that. Mike, give the guy credit for yeah, crying out loud. I mean, he could have got sacked <laughs> four times I, on that play. I just love it that they beat the Patriots. So uh, how can you not like that? So no, that was I, a great game. you know what, Eli Manning may be my favorite quarterback in the NFL for that exact reason. Because <laughs> he beat those ba- – can I say bastards, Mike? Yeah, Be- go ahead and Beat say those it. bastards twice. Not once, but twice. And he beat them in a season where they were undefeated up to that point. So how can you, as a Dolphin fan, not love Eli Manning? You have That's to it. love him. You have to. You have to. All right, so we love him. What about Jamarcus Russell? Do we love him? No. Nope. Definitely no, not. So. Definitely not. All right. The next group is Stafford, Bradford, Newton, and Andrew Luck. Mm. Boy, that group a, is that's a pretty good group. It's a good group. It's not a great group. Exactly. They're good, but they have failed to get it done when it mattered most. Right. Listen. Yeah. In regard to quarterback, isn't it? You know, if you look at it, God, I've had people tell me that they don't think Marino was very good because he never won a Super Bowl. Right. right. So it's all very subjective when it comes. Of course it is. When of it comes it when it comes to a lot of these guys, if if you look at what you've gotten out of Cam Newton up to this point as a Carolina Panther fan, and and throw away his personality and all the nonsense that comes with him on the football field, I think that I would be satisfied with what he has done when he's healthy. He's a very, very good quarterback when he's healthy. Throwing all the other nonsense out that he brings to the table. Yes, he's a guy I would be satisfied. And who are the others, Mike? Stafford, Bradford, and Luck. Well, I mean, Luck, I loved him, and I loved and I love Stafford. I mean, I don't even want to get into that game Monday night. Maybe if we have time at the end, I don't well, know. If- I'd, I'd rather have Luck over Stafford, I think. Yeah, Andrew Luck is obviously a, a game changer. He, You know, he was on an Indianapolis team that really wasn't very good, and he got them to some wins that, they never would have had with with a lesser quarterback. Yes, and yeah, I, I agree with you. Stafford's been a little shortchanged. Oh, I, th- I think that he, you know, he does a really good job year in and year out. And I think this year, that team is a lot stronger than what they've been, even though their record's not showing it. I mean, that game Monday night was just a travesty. I don't know if you watched it, Jim. I know Mike didn't watch a lot of it. I watched the end of it. Yeah, it was it was absolutely horrible. I mean, the referees changed completely changed the outcome of that game there's no question about it the stripes shouldn't be changing the friggin' outcome of the game and and the end of that game that was just brutal you know you give aaron Rodgers 25 chances and he's going to beat you eventually the biggest play jim was the one even earlier than that when they called the hands to the face when they had yeah. him sacked on yeah, third flowers. down it yeah. was ridiculous and yes, they were terrible. Pun- they were they were going to punt the football yep and the game basically would have been over at that right. point instead exactly. they extended the drive and we know what the outcome was oh, i felt yeah. so bad for that team oh, I because know they it. really deserved that football game but um and then the, it's non- the nfl the no pass interference on the other play as well that should have been interference early you know after the the other yes, one it, you absolutely. Know, i know we've covered horrible officiating a bunch of times i don't think we're ever going to stop covering it cuz i don't think it's going to change no, no probably not you know, uh, not. between that and 
replay, it makes me crazy. Uh-huh. But but if you are going to replay and you are going to bring it to this level, then why not allow any play call to be reviewed? Period. I mean, those calls in that game, you know, change change the outcome. And yeah, I mean, if you can clearly see it wasn't hands to the face, why are we staying with that call? Right. If your goal is to get things right, and exactly. I, I think the only logic I can come up with, Lewis, is they just don't want to make the games longer than it already is. But you know, is is that a justifiable excuse when you review all the crap that you review anyway? It's yeah, not. It really isn't because when you look at pass interference and now you've made that a challengeable it's ridiculous. call, which is very subjective. I mean, it's extremely subjective. I mean, on any given play, you can call it one way or the other. How can you justify allowing challenges on those type of plays and not on a situation where there's a hands to the face? It's ridiculous. I mean, all you got to do is look at the replay and say, nope, you got to pick that flag up and the story. So, um, you know, I think that something will come from from those plays because I'm sure there's an outcry around the NFL that, you know, everybody that was watching that game on Monday night saw it as clear as day. And there's got to be a way of fixing. If you're going to go to this length, then do it and come up with a system that makes it very quick to do it to where, nope, we're picking that flag up. That's it. Move on. You know, don't stall the game. They can do that. They have the money to do it. They have the technology to do it. Why they're not doing it is the big is the big question here. Nobody understands it because in this day and age, they should be able to just have a system in place to where the game still runs smoothly without all those delays. And we've talked about that before as well. Oh, I know. So, oh, yeah. You know, it's ridiculous. So the last group, Lewis, is uh, Jameis Winston, Jared Goff, and Baker Mayfield. Jim, you answer that one. These guys <laughs> have uh, still relatively unproven. Uh, I mean, Jared Goff, I'm kind of on the fence about. He looks phenomenal one game and then deer in the headlights the next game. Baker Mayfield, I was wanting the Dolphins to get, and, uh, you know, he has that that it factor, I feel. But, you know, he's struggling this year, whether there's too much on his plate or, or you know, the, the defenses have figured him out, I don't know. But, you know, Mayfield is still a guy that I liked his game, and uh, he's another smaller quarterback. Uh, he just needs to uh, figure out his game, and the team in general needs to figure it out because they've got so many moving pieces. So would you take him? Yeah. And you would? Yeah, I probably would, yeah. So, I mean, these, these are the options you get with the first overall pick yeah. was, the, was the point of this exercise. Yeah. I mean, you know, some of these guys, uh, you know, like Peyton Manning, you'd love to have. Uh, John Elway, you'd love to have. Terry Bradshaw, you'd love to have. Uh, and, you know, other guys you'd really rather not have. So, yeah. you know, it doesn't guarantee anything. Who were the other two in that last group that you mentioned other than Goff and uh, Mayfield? Winston, Goff, and Mayfield. Jameis Winston. Winston, Goff, and Mayfield. Okay. Yeah, Winston has been on and off as well. But right. when you watch him, uh, you know, he does bring a lot to the table. He's got a lot of talent. He's got yeah. a lot of talent. I mean, you enjoy, you know, I enjoy watching him play. Uh, Mayfield, he's only been starting for about a year now, right? Didn't he come in yes. like in the in third, third or fourth yeah. game yeah. of the season last year? So he's yeah. only got about, what, 16 starts under his belt. Yep. I, think, I think he'll be fine. And Goff is... You know, like you said, Jim, he's all over the place. I mean, one week he looks like a world beater, and the next week he looks absolutely horrible. So he's really a hard guy to 
to gauge at this point, you know? So anyway, go ahead. I got you, Mike. That's it. I think the point's been made. I mean, you know, it's hit and miss. And, and, uh, you know, if everybody's hoping, you know, we're going to draft this guy who's going to change the face of the franchise, well, that could happen, but it's certainly not guaranteed. Uh, And as you said earlier, Lewis, you know, there's no guarantee they're even going to draft a quarterback with the first pick. I mean, really, the question is, how bad do they want to a tongue of Iloa? So, you know, we'll have to see, uh, you know, a, a defensive end makes a lot of sense for this team. And there's certainly, you know, needs everywhere. They could go in any direction, an offensive tackle. They could trade down, uh, try and pick up some more picks. I mean, there's all kinds of options. And we got plenty of time to dissect it. You know, we're taking the cart before the horse here. But I just wanted to go over these first round quarterbacks just to kind of review, you know, what other teams have done in the same situation that we're in. Mm-hmm. And, uh With that, have you guys got anything else? Yeah, just one thing in regard to what we were just talking about. If you look Uh inside those picks, the ups and downs of a lot of those guys, you know, we just mentioned golf. I mean, that's what you're going to have. I mean, there's no question about it. Jim mentioned Mayfield, you know, where he's been up and down. And even when even if we do draft a quarterback with this first pick um, you know fans have to understand that it's going to be a roller coaster ride that's the way the quarterback position is uh you know you're not going to have Eli Manning there there are giant fans that you know they, he's dr- driven crazy over the years because he has those horrible games but then he bounces back so it's all you know regardless of whether we take a, take a, a quarterback with the first pick or if it's the you know the Pittsburgh pick that we use him on the bottom line is is that there's very few guys that week in and week out there's very few Aaron Rodgers in the league let's go right. that route yeah, how's exactly. that right. and everybody else is just and even Aaron has only won one one Super Bowl he's yeah. only won one Super Bowl but I think that you know, you you always see even on his bad days, Mike, kind of like Marino, very you, much so. You, even on his bad days, you still see a pretty solid football game. You don't see horrible games out of him, and and that's my point. That it's he, consistent, right? Yeah. Among, he's consistent among yeah. all those guys you mentioned, right? You, the the thing you're hoping for is consistency. Yep. All right. Thanks for joining me tonight, guys. Oh, thank you. Enjoyed it. Thanks for listening, everybody out there, and uh, we'll be back. Monday night. Fins up. Fins, Fins up. up. Fins up, doll fans. All right, so that's our show for this week. I just want to remind everyone that the Fin Fans podcast is part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. 